fantasy sports, news, analysis, and opinion. This is Key to the Game with Dex Dunford and Colby McKee. Welcome into episode 31 of Key to the Game Fantasy Sports Podcast. It's Saturday, December 17th. Back in, in, in here on the Saturday. Hopefully, you've got your Christmas shopping done. We're eight days away from Christmas. And you can kick back, watch some NFL football tonight and tomorrow, as long as all the other sports going on this weekend. I'm Colby McKee. Across the glass, it's Dex Dunford. Dex, how are we doing this Saturday? And have you finished your Christmas shopping yet? No, I have not. Not yet? No. You're the king of Amazon, and I feel like you should have been on this a long time ago. I'm I'm doing pretty good, though. Okay. I'm not going to be one of those guys who's like scrambling two days before Christmas to buy for everybody. Well, that's good. I think the only person I haven't bought anything for yet is my my own wife. Okay. So but you, you have good. an idea, at least. Yeah, I've got ideas. You've got the plans in motion? The plans are in motion. The wheels are turning. Things are happening. How's your wrapping skills? Terrible. I, I Me too. I'm, I'm really going to struggle wrapping uh, gifts for for all my loved ones this year. I mostly just do gift bags. That's the, kind of the thing, right? I that's mean, like easy mode. All the all the ladies that I've been asking, that's what they've been telling me is just stuff it with paper and, and that hides it for a little bit and then you just, there you go. Yep. Give it away, right? So yep. uh, anyways, so yeah, hopefully you've got your Christmas shopping done. We're getting close to Christmas now. Next week is coming up so fast and uh, you get to enjoy some time with your loved ones and such. But anyways, fantasy sports-wise, got a big weekend coming up. It's week 15 in the NFL. We talked about it on Wednesday. Uh, we're going to give some more picks, more analysis heading into starting tonight, I guess, with that that Miami and New York Jets game there on NFL Network, of course. Uh, but we'll start with the quarterbacks. We talked about our cash, kind of our cash quarterbacks in terms of Carson Palmer, we think could be a nice downgrade for you at quarterback. Uh, to to pay out for running back and wide receiver this week. Um, what was your quarterback decks that you mentioned? I can't remember on Wednesday. I don't remember either. What, was yours Palmer? I, I I talked about Cousins being on the Monday slate, but I can't remember what the quarterback. We talked about Palmer because um, I feel like you kind of have to pay down a little bit at quarterback this week. Yeah, quarterbacks um, weren't performing as well last <clears throat> week as everyone thought. Yeah, and you know I I do like Palmer this week uh, as a as a cheaper option. Um, Joe Flacco is one that I think I'm going to be using a lot. Just, I kind of, I like that matchup a little bit and his price is, is ideal for how many points he's put up the last few weeks. He That's looks right. like he's, he's, you know, starting to hit his stride. Knowing my luck when I actually use him this week, he's going to put up a dud, but I don't know. I, I think Joe Flacco is at the right price point where you'll also see him fairly highly owned, I think. Okay. Um, and I'm definitely going to have some ownership of him. Um, and then after that, I think, you know, as you start to get to the more expensive quarterbacks, I think a lot of them have decent matchups, but their price and we, as we go through the rest of the positions here and and who we like and whatever, and you'll kind of see why the expensive quarterbacks aren't going to be very popular this week. I think they'll make good GPP plays though. Okay. The higher quarterbacks. Yeah. we're We're talking Matt Ryan, Derek Carr, Tom Brady, those kind of guys. Brady for sure against Denver. Oh yeah, he's GPP for sure. Hundred percent. But I mean, Bill Belichick will game plan for Denver, and Denver will look like a peewee team against the Patriots. I guess if you're looking at the very kind of the top of the tier, like we've been mentioning, uh, Ryan is the highest price at 8,500. We got Breeze there at 8,200. Uh, between those two, in, in my opinion, I'd probably go Breeze against Arizona. 
um, rather I'd than go Ryan, Ryan again to San Francisco? What, what are you thinking? I'd go Ryan. You'd go Ryan. You'd pay up for that. Yeah. Just because, I mean, but now he doesn't have Julio this week. That's fine. He did Part He did it. just fine last week. The matchup is really juicy. I, I don't think you can ignore that matchup. I mean, we're talking about we're talking two about two totally different matchups for Matt Ryan and Drew Brees. Yeah. Drew Brees is playing the Cardinals' second-best pass defense in the league. On the road. On the road. Yeah. Matt Ryan, is he's at home, I believe, That's right? That's right. He's correct. at home in the Dome against the Niners. I, I like th- These are two totally different matchups. Right. I, and for that reason, I like Matt Ryan more. Well, I can see that. I, I mean, they're both good. I think they're both highly priced for a reason. Um, I mean, I think the loss of Julio is probably... It's going to be huge. I mean, they played with it last week, albeit. You're right. And San Francisco is definitely vulnerable both ways, at pass and the air. So that's definitely a nice matchup. I can see why Ryan is the highest-priced quarterback this week. Uh, Brady against Denver. That You're right. It's a GPP play. Um, Andrew Luck against Minnesota in Minnesota, and we'll talk about the running back for Minnesota coming up next, but Luck against Minnesota, that's another GPP. I don't like that matchup uh, terribly either. No, I'm not a big fan of that matchup either. Um, I like the other quarterback on the other side of the ball a little more, Bradford. You like Bradford Um, against Colts? I'm not huge on him, but if you're, again, if you're looking for a GPP play, that's kind of an, a name that might might be an interesting pick because he's also somewhat affordable this week too, um, with a with a fairly nice matchup against that indie defense. Uh, I do remember now we were talking earlier about my quarterback pick for the week. It was Marcus Mariota. Okay, you did go Mariota. Um, and I I like that matchup against Kansas City. They've given up some pretty good games to quarterbacks the last couple games. They do have a good defense, but Mariota's money in the red zone. Yep. And he's he's got a lot of weapons, and he's got a pass-catching back in DeMarco Murray who he can dump it off to if Kansas is rushing him pretty quick. He's He's got some good rapport with his wide receivers. Uh, he's got one of the best tight ends in the game, arguably, uh, in Delaney Walker. He's probably just a step down from the elite guys. And uh, he's his wide receivers are kind of coming into their own now. I mean, he he's played very well with Rashard Matthews. Tajay Sharp is... Caught a few touchdowns over the last few weeks. So it looks like he's got, you know, a, a wealth of weapons to throw to. And he's priced below guys like Eli Manning, Phillip Rivers, you know, ever so slightly, but it's still lower, so he can save a little bit of money, and Mariota is not a bad choice at all. I mean, we've got Big Ben up there against Cincy, Derek Carr against San Diego, Dak Prescott against Tampa Bay at home. Any of those guys kind of excite you? I kind of like, I mean, Derek Carr has been very consistent this year. Dak has been, you know, disappointing the last couple weeks, but he faced a good Giants defense, which we mentioned on Wednesday. Um, those guys kind of intrigue me. I wouldn't say so much Big Ben, but definitely Carr and Prescott, I'd say. I like Carr the most out of all those out names those you listed. There, yeah. um, and I do have him in a GPP entry. I, I just, I'm concerned with Oakland's offense that they look to be slowing down a little bit the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, now, who knows? Maybe, maybe they, they just, their game plan wasn't, ready for Kansas City, you know, uh, I guess that was last week. It feels yeah, so long ago days. because it was a Thursday game. They're going 10 days into San Diego, so different weather as well, right? We yeah. talk about weather being a big a big issue. They're going back to California rather than chilly KC. That was a what, it was almost a, z- a zero degree Celsius game there for them last Thursday, I guess. You're right. So uh, Stafford with the finger injury against the Giants. We looked at how good the Giants defense was last week. Um GPP play? For Stafford? Yeah, for Stafford. 
Yeah, I wouldn't be gambling on that, though. I mean, I think if the, of all the GPP plays that you have in front of you, I mean, there's a few guys that kind of stand out as cash plays. They're going to be highly owned. And then you look at all the other guys. Stafford's got to be so far down on my list. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if I'd really want, especially against that defense with his finger injury. I know he didn't have an injury designation as of yesterday, I believe. That's correct. Um, still, though, I'd I'd rather look. Like, there's so many good names on there with decent matchups. Tyrod Taylor, Alex Smith. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've already gone through Joe a few Flacco, other names. Joe Flacco you liked. Joe Flacco. Uh, if you're playing them Sunday through Monday, there's Kirk Cousins there. I think he's definitely a cash play if you're playing a Thursday through Monday. Yeah. Which you've already had your lineup set, so there you go. Like, that's, that's already locked and loaded if you're... But you could play a, a Sunday and Monday. Is there a Sunday Monday as yeah. well? Okay, sorry, that's my apologies. But exactly, so if you got a Sunday through Monday, um, I know my top quarterback when we did our Wednesday top five was Kirk Cousins. And I'm going to stick by that all day. Uh, Cam Newton is questionable heading into Monday as well. Uh, although there are reports that he's expected to play, but he's been definitely limited at practice all week. So definitely a point to uh, keep an eye on there in Carolina, uh, quarterback-wise. So, uh, you know, you got Simeon down there. you got Osweiler. Those guys are bottom of the barrel. Definitely better options this week. So yeah. don't even want to touch I think on. there's a lot of good mid-range options for quarterback. And, you know, as again, as we go through... Uh, who we think is going to be popular, you'll see why these mid-range guys are going to be highly owned, I think, the most highly owned. And I think the whole week, last week, you know, the whole way last week turned out in terms of Brady and Flacco from the Monday night game being one of the top, or both of the top two quarterbacks of the entire week just shows that, like, quarterback was so down last week in terms oh, yeah. of their production yep. that you you know possibly don't have to pay a large amount of sum just to get back to value when you can get value through other positions which we'll get to right now we talk about running backs and we talked about our big boys being your david johnson your Le'Veon bell your shady mccoys those guys well, you got to have one of those in your cash game lineups 100 percent. if not I, both i think you got to have both you got to have both you got to pay up it, it worked for me last week yep um, and I'm doing it again this week. I'm going David Johnson, Love Bell. Okay. Uh, again, well, I you know I actually do like both of their matchups, but um, I'm not sure they're the juiciest matchups on on paper. I, think I mean, Shady's it, is better. I think Shady's jumps off right at, right better off the page. Better than Bell, I'd say. Yeah, but I mean, Le'Veon Bell's on the road, and Big Ben tends not to play well on the road, so I can see yeah, them how handing do you it pass off quite up a bit. On what he did last week, you can't. Well, yeah, and you can't ignore that exactly. So. I think they'll be very highly owned, and you know that's why I'm I'm saying that these mid price quarterbacks are going to be very popular as well because a lot of people are going to be trying to squeeze squeeze in one or two of those top three guys, Johnson, Bell, and McCoy. Yeah, um, I'm personally going Johnson and Bell, which are the two most expensive, which means I'm going to have to save a lot of money throughout the rest of my lineup. But it worked well for me last week. The best lineups I set were the ones with Johnson and Bell, even though Johnson underperformed last week. I mean, if we're talking. That kind of game, the weather that they faced, and he still put up 17 fantasy points, that's his floor in terrible conditions. I'm taking that almost every week. Look at him. The only thing and that they've, it's been discussed is that you know with Arizona out of it, and they're falling out of it more, they may be protecting their biggest asset heading into the last few weeks of the season. What do you think about that? Yeah, I you don't think, think they're going to throw in the maybe? towel quite this early. Okay. But I, I would keep week. an eye on on this game, you know, Especially if either one of the teams gets up by, let's say, two touchdowns, two touchdowns and a field goal. Um, I'd be interested to see what kind of starters on on either side get sat just to kind of prepare for the next couple weeks. Because you're right, when you get into these last, 
especially week 17. I mean, week 17 is why most fantasy leagues end on week 16, uh, because a lot of starters get sat for those weeks, whether you're in the playoffs, you're out. Even some teams that are still kind of jostling for position will sit some of their big guys in anticipation of the playoffs. So, I mean, it's... Yeah, seventeen's a a bad week to play fantasy sometimes. It's a double-edged sword, exactly. So you got to keep an eye on that. I mean, you're right. This week should be prime. Depending on the game script, though, you're right. Maybe they get out huge, and then they put in the backups, uh, depending on how the the game goes. So those top three definitely are, are top of mind for cash game. I like the matchup there in Dallas with Zeke on one side of the ball and Doug Martin as well for Tampa Bay. That's a really nice matchup. We talked about Melvin Gordon being officially out on Wednesday. Kenneth Farrow is going to be the starting back. He is cheap. He's $6,000. So if there's, you know, if there's a lineup that you, maybe you want to get a high-priced wideout and maybe that's one of the, your top targets, you get one of your big boys and you cheap down with Farrell, you save a couple thousand dollars, which you can now go up and get your, high-priced, your high-priced wide receiver and kind of balance your lineup a little bit better. There's so many options. Um, and, and this late in the season, it's definitely uh, interesting to have this option of having a cheap-priced running back um, that we haven't seen in a few weeks, but we definitely saw earlier on in the year with all the injuries that were happening to to teams around the league. Yeah, and you know those there's and as we go through the other positions, there's a lot of good ways to save some money with these guys who are being thrust into into starting roles, basically like Kenneth Farrow. Um, another guy I like, and I'm using him a little bit, is Devonta Freeman. Yep. Um, Hard to ignore that Niners matchup. It's not quite as juicy as it was, you know, the first half of the season, but there's still something there, and Devonta Freeman's not so expensive that, you know, it would be a hindrance to the rest of your lineup. I think he's got a good value and a good matchup, and and he could easily return value for you. Um, I like both the Murrays. I may be biased because they're both on my season-long team, but, but I got I, Latavius and DeMarco. I backed you up there on Wednesday. I love DeMarco, too, this week, too. And And I think they've both got good matchups. Um, I think they've both got a chance to put up big points. They're both playing very well. DeMarco's played well all season long. Latavius Murray's been very, very good since he came back from his injury. Coming back strong, yeah. Um, you know, I think both of those guys are primed for pretty nice games, and, and they could be a nice pivot from those really expensive guys. I mean, if you want to talk about getting somebody like Aaron Rodgers or or Drew Brees or Tom Brady... Uh, you might want to look at you know kind of these second tier running backs that are that could easily put up just as many points as the top tier guys. I mean, the reason you pay for those top tier guys is because they have very high floors. You pretty much know you're going to get X number of points from them, and then their ceilings are also very high. These guys have high ceilings, but their floor is a little bit lower, a little more volatile, and that's that's what you pay for. That's the difference in salaries. Hundred percent. No, you're exactly right. That's a good description of, of, and, and that's all positions, right? The high price guys, for the most part, you know exactly what you're going to get from them, and that's that's your floor. With these lower price guys, there some of them are definitely hit and miss, and and as such, their prices go up and down. They fluctuate more often. So yeah, that's that's a great description of of how at least FanDuel kind of works in a nutshell. Um, another running back, just scrolling down the list, we talked about Doug Martin. Mark Ingram doesn't have an de- uh, injury designation heading into that matchup with Arizona. And right below that, the man coming back from injury is Adrian Peterson, Minnesota. He is playing this week. Uh, they've took him off the IR designation, so he is expected to play against the Colts. 
at priced at 6300 so he was 6500 last week uh which was kind of we talked about that kind of a surprising total um for a guy that definitely we knew wasn't playing um but Peterson coming back this week how much of a workload do you think he's going to get and could he be an interesting GPP play perhaps uh to your second question yes he would be an interesting GPP play uh, to your first question I don't know yeah, I mean, I see this going one of two ways. They need a running Either, play, they, right? They need a running Yeah, they need somebody to run the ball. They haven't had a whole lot of work from Asiata and McKinnon. So I see this going one of two ways. Either they ease him back in, he gets, you know, a, a decent share of the carries, but probably evenly split with one of the two other guys. Or they're like, we got a gun for the playoffs here. I mean, Green Bay is in their division, turning it on at the right time. Um, you've got the Lions right there. Uh, they're kind of slowing down a little bit, but they, they're still right up there. Um, so they, do, they don't have the benefit really to wait for Adrian Peterson. Uh, so I wouldn't be crazy surprised to see them put him out there and give him a full workload first game back. Right. But it, I also, again, wouldn't be surprised to see them ease him back in. I don't know what they're going to do, and that's that's the reason that it would be a GPP play is because you... If you put him in your lineup, you have to be ready for the fact that he may only get 10 carries. Right, and maybe maybe 5, 10 fantasy points as well. Yeah. So that's that's the volatility of Adrian Peterson this, this week. It's an interesting storyline, though, and it's great to potentially have him back. And I mean, he had to come back. He has to come back there in a playoff push, like you said, and every game down this stretch is crucial. So definitely a storyline to follow there on Sunday that's the early game there in Minnesota Kenneth Fair we talked about 6000 Frank Gore Terrence West um you know the prices of these guys you know Theo Riddick is down there at 5500 I mean there's some good value all it takes for these guys is really a score um and you know for some of these like you know Jarek McKinnon or or Matt Asiata talking about Minnesota they're the kind of the red zone guys you know the the, the bulldozers that are, all they need is a yard to get a touchdown, and then they get you know up to 10 points fantasy value for you. Yeah, and another name that I was looking at this weekend is LeGarrette Blunt. Okay. Um, I have him on my fantasy team. He's sitting on the bench right now. I'm not sure if I want to flex him in or not right now because Julio Jones is injured. I'm, I'm tinkering, tinkering, and I don't know what to do. But uh, he, he's got a nice matchup against Denver because we've seen that the strategy against Denver is to run the ball and avoid those big play guys on the defense that that basically stop the pass and can make you pay for a bad pass pretty quick. So I'm and Legarrette Blunt is their power running back. I mean he's the guy that you give it to and send him straight up the middle. Uh, they've got some some good running backs like Dion Lewis that can catch the ball on the outside. But even after Lewis has come back, Legarrette Blunt still had a great workload every single week. And this is the kind of game where I could see him being the focal point of that offense. True, 100%. Another focal point of the Green Bay running attack is Ty Montgomery. He's now officially labeled as a running back, and I was just looking. He's 5000 bucks, so he's super cheap. Um, he's got nobody really in the backfield this week. They're talking James Starks is doubtful, and Kristen Michael is questionable with the illness, so how much production they can get out of Michael um, is definitely questionable. And Montgomery might be thrust into a pretty decent opportunity there against the Bears um, in Chicago. Not great passing conditions. We've seen what Kaepernick did and you know in other games in Chicago in the past few weeks. Might be a running back game, and Montgomery might have to be forced into a, a pretty decent role there. Yeah, and 
I I wouldn't be surprised to see him also get some pass catches. I mean, True. he's a he's a wide receiver by trade who's now been turned into Converted. a running back over the last, you know, four or five, six weeks. Uh, but he can easily just step out from the backfield and line up as a wide receiver. There's, there's nothing saying that he can't do that, and we've seen him do that when he when he was the lead running back for that game or two there. So um, that that's an interesting play, and the value makes it even more interesting, for sure. Very true. Yeah, no, so, I mean, we talk about, you know, the, it, it's high price. It's high price. But honestly, the more I'm looking down this list, there's some guys that you can really, you know, wrap your head around to the point where you might roster them in a lineup, uh, and it could prove beneficial. You're not going to get your 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 safe floor, so probably more of a GPP play with most of these guys lower in the ranks because you just don't know. But there's definitely guys that in my head that you know, just looking at them today, that I really like and I can see the matchups uh, being favorable for them and saving me some money because you're right. When we get to wideouts, which we are now, you can't afford AB. You can't afford OBJ. You can't afford Mike Evans, potentially, if you're going this route of heavy running backs. You just can't. It's not fiscally responsible for the rest of your team. Yeah, I mean, there's just no way you can you can do it and fill out the rest of your team. It's not happening. Uh, you, you, if you put in Johnson and Bell or Johnson and McCoy or Bell and McCoy, whatever combination you want out of them, um, you've, you've spent a very good chunk of your salary. Right. Um, even if you want, Almost if you really, really want a guy like Odell Beckham or Antonio Brown or Mike Evans, uh, it, it pretty it pretty much makes it impossible. I mean, I think you maybe could slide one of those guys in, but then you're really scraping the bottom of the barrel. You gotta go the like five thousand dollars receivers the yep. rest of the way through. Which, do you want to do that? I'd, I I personally wouldn't, especially in a cash game. Maybe right. in a GPP where one of these cheap receivers could go off. Um, but definitely not in a cash game where you're just looking to build a nice floor of points uh, and, and beat half the field. The guy, so. I mean, we talked about it on Wednesday. My receiver that I really loved was Jordy Nelson, and he's a, he's a step down from that upper tier we mentioned of those three guys, your OBJs, your ABs, and your Mike, Mike Evans. And I fit a lineup that I'm actually really comfortable to use in a cash game with Jordy Nelson as my focal point, my number one receiver. Um, so he's a guy that... You know, if you if you work it correctly, you can get a guy like Jordy Nelson, which is just a step down from those guys. Very productive, though. Twelve touchdowns on the year for Jordy Nelson, um, and he's a guy that you could definitely fit into your lineups uh, if you work it the right way. Your receiver, I mean, you like Mike Wallace, is that correct? That was your your Wednesday guy. Yeah, as a GPP play, I don't okay. think he's going to be up there as a as a cash game play, and I don't have him in my cash lineups, but I do like him as a GPP. Um, one cash game play that I'm using, and I don't know if he's going to go highly owned just because of the matchup, but I'm still going to use him, is T.Y. Hilton. You, you, that's multiple weeks there for T.Y. You love he's, using be, T.Y. And you know why? It's because he's been really, really steady. Yes. He's put up steady points. Uh, he's had some bad matchups, but it doesn't matter because he, he's the focal point of that offense. He started the season slow, which I think some people are still holding against him, but he's had a few games over the last four or five weeks where he's eclipsed the 20-point mark. Correct. Uh, the other ones, he's been the high teens. Um, you know, he he's pretty steadily putting up a solid floor of points, which is exactly what you want with a, with a cash game lineup. And, and you know, he's at that similar level as Jordy Nelson. He's second in the league in receiving yards, 1,200 yards receiving, six touchdowns. 
He's got 78 catches, and he's 6th in the league in targets with 127. He's huge, and he's the focal point of that offense. You're completely right. And that, you know, at his price, that's a pretty cheap price for, for a guy with that consistent production all year. If, I, he, I like if he had more touchdowns, he would be right up there with Antonio AB, Brown yeah. and Odell Beckham. 100%. No, yeah. that's, that's actually a really good point. And price-wise this week, uh, more than any I've seen T.Y. I mean, he's probably like the 10th, maybe the 11th highest receiver uh, price-wise. And, you know, that's a kind of a step down from where he's been. So that's a good week to jump on him. Maybe, you're right, that matchup with Xavier Rhodes and Minnesota is maybe a, probably a bigger deterrent than, than being realized. I mean, that Minnesota, that, Xavier Rhodes kind of just rides all the top receivers. Like, he just goes to town. And kind of shuts them down for the most part. Yeah, but they'll they'll try and find a way to get him get him open. And you know, one of the things that T. Y. Hilton is really good for. I mean, we see him on the highlight reels catching these deep balls, but he's really good in the red zone as a guy who just makes a sneaky back of the end zone route. And you know, we I think probably the prime example was when Indy was playing in London against Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Um, they he. The first touchdown, I think it was. Now I'm trying to remember back to a game that happened Sunday morning about, I don't know, six weeks ago. In London. Okay. But, uh, you know, he was, I think it was their first touchdown, and he he was back of the end zone, and nobody was really even paying attention to him. It almost felt like he was wide open, but because he ran that route so perfectly, and when you're in that area, it's really hard to pay, play man-to-man because it's everything's so condensed, and it's so hectic, and you're just trying to so stop that motion, ball from getting yeah. in the end zone. And... That's where he excels, I think, is is his route running and, and his ability to go up and get the ball. No, very true. Very true. And he, I mean, he's showing it this year that he can be definitely a consistent force on your FanDuel lineups and in your season long. I mean, you've got him in season long, right? So yep. you, you know firsthand that he can be definitely uh, very valuable there in your wide receiver core. Um, Larry Fitz, probably a cash play there against New Orleans. I like that very much. Yeah, I do too. Um, and he's, we were talking about this yesterday. He's at that price where he always seems like he just fits into your always. lineup somehow. I don't every, know. Every week, that's a guy there. In that spot, you can fit in your lineup. Um, I think uh, another one that's going to be quite popular and has been popular the last few weeks is Tyreek Hill. Okay. Just because of his value, again, he's fairly cheap. Um, and he's, he seems to have stepped into, you know, a pretty big role in that offense. I mean, Jeremy Macklin's back, but Tyree Kill still got uh, his share of the targets and catches last week and, and made the most of it. Yeah, they don't need Macklin as much as they have in previous years. Uh, Macklin doesn't need to be the number one anymore. They've got other receiving weapons with Kelsey, with Hill, and that dynamic speed. Man, does that guy fly. Yeah. Um, definitely one of the fastest receivers in the league um, as a young guy, and hopefully he continues to grow and, and become more of a route runner and a true, you know, possession receiver because he's got all the tools to make it happen. And his price, as always, is continually starting to rise to the point where he's a high end number two this week, uh, price wise. He's right around the the Julian Edelman's, DeAndre Hopkins. These guys are, you know, in the past have been number one wideouts. Yep. And he's right around that price range this week. So good on Hill. He's definitely a guy that you could take advantage of. Uh, with Tennessee there going the opposite way. Um, JPP-wise, I'm looking at a guy like DT, Demarius Thomas. I think they're going to be really high on Emmanuel Sanders for the game he had last week, 11 catches over 100 yards. Going up against New England, I think the the lower priced of those two 
um, or sorry, the lowest percentage owned, I would say, of those twos might be Demarius Thomas, and he could be a good GPP play. Been kind of really quietly consistent this year. Yeah, and uh, and another play that I like, and he'll kind of probably fit into a GPP or cash game. I'm not really sure, depending on um, how people respond to the Julio Jones news, is Taylor Gabriel again. He was fairly highly owned last week for his value. He put up a great score, um, and now Julio Jones is out again this week. Uh, Sanu seems kind of up in the air. I'm not really sure. I didn't see anything definitive on whether he'll be playing or not. Um, so Taylor Gabriel, again, could be thrust in as the top wide receiver in that lineup or number two. And Very true. he's he even has played well when he was the number three. So um, he's another guy that I, I like a lot. And I'm not really, it's hard to pin down what his ownership numbers will be because it depends on, you know, how people are feeling about Julio Jones being out if they've already set their lineups and they don't want to mess with it or, or what. But uh, Gabriel's somebody that I'm going to be looking at again this week. So I'm just looking up Sanu. Sanu is in this week. He is okay. active with the groin. So um, he probably, just due to experience and the fact that he has been the number two, he probably will lead the uh, the Atlanta receiving core. But, I mean, Gabriel's talent, especially the past month, let's say, has been undeniable, and he'll definitely be a high-end High end number three, I'd say, this week. Um, talking about Gabriel, Sanu is probably right around there as well. I think there's more upside with Gabriel uh, just due to his his versatility as well. I mean, Michael Thomas did not play last week. He's up there um, against Arizona. He probably won't be facing Patrick Peterson, which is kind of a good thing. Um, although, I'm trying to think, who's going to play on the outside? Well, Brandon Cooks, probably. Brandon Cooks, okay. So that's, yeah. Thomas is more of a slot guy. I guess yeah. him and Snead are kind of... Kind of and worse. I like both Thomas and Snead. You like this both week. of them, okay? Um, I I'm not super high on Brandon Cooks just because he's a little pricier um, for what I think the value he can return is. Uh, the matchup he's got, I imagine Patrick Peterson will be shadowing him a lot of the game, um, but that should open it up for one of Thomas or Snead, maybe both of them. But um, that those are interesting plays for me, probably GPP plays for sure. Are you feeling some Adam Thielen? I am feeling some Thielen. I got him in my cash lineups right now. Okay. Um, I was kind of, you know, after this Julio Jones news, I'm kind of juggling between Thielen and Gabriel. Okay. Um, right now, as we stand, I've got Thielen in. Um, and he's just been pretty nicely consistent. He's been above average in four straight games now. I'm just looking on FanDuel-wise. Uh, he's, hitting, he's hitting their value, at least, um, in four straight games. So he's been very consistent. And he's got a good matchup this week against Indianapolis, who has a very suspect defense. There you go. Uh, Randall Cobb there is kind of questionable with the ankle. Brandon LaFell had a pretty decent week, if I can remember, last week. Um, no, that was, that was a couple weeks ago against Philadelphia. He had a touchdown there. But Marvin Jones been very, you know, had such a high peak with Marvin Jones, and then he's definitely dipped down. And uh, Golden Tate is now kind of taking over the lead ranks there in Detroit. Talked about Jeremy Macklin. Dontrell Inman still at 5500 bucks. He's had a touchdown in three straight games. Um, I think he could be a pretty nice GPP play, perhaps. Yeah, maybe even Oakland. a cash game play. Maybe a cash game, yeah. Um, I think he'll be pretty popular and, and fairly highly owned, you would think. Um, not really highly owned, but middle of the pack. Um, some GPP plays, I, I really like Allen Robinson this week, and he's been so disappointing all year. But I think he's just got this matchup. I don't know. Just going through my research, his name kept jumping out to me. Um, 
and and he would definitely be a GPP play because people are not going to be, you know, on the on the Jaguars' offense. Period. Right. Uh, but you know, he he is he's going to be there for the Blake Bortles garbage time points. And, Always. And he's Blake Bortles' favorite garbage time target. So he is cheap this week. Surprisingly, well, very cheap. cheap for for the ceiling that he has. He's very cheap for the floor that he has. It's pretty accurate. Why? I mean, yeah, he's priced with Cole Beasley. He's priced with Brandon Cooks, who Cooks has talent. Steve Smith is right around there. Malcolm Mitchell, who was probably like maybe of wide receiver four or number five there for the Patriots at one point. Like he's priced right around these guys. Um, that is that's shocking to me. He was a you know a top ten wideout last year. Well, people were drafting him in the top two rounds of fantasy drafts this yeah. year. And now he's down there with guys that have been picked up off the waiver wire. It's, yeah, it's definitely a come-back-to-earth season for Robinson because he's like, yeah, he's got 600 receiving yards, six touchdowns, which kind of save him uh, for the most part. He's ninth in targets, though. He's got 119 targets, but he's only caught 57 of them. So he's right around 50%, and that's just not acceptable. I mean, he's also playing with Bortles, who's, um, you know, he was great last year. But he's definitely come back down to earth with his inconsistent play. So that whole offense is, you know, definitely not what they, we were projected to be uh, heading into the season. So that's very disappointing. But what can you do? So there you go. I mean, why don't why is there, you're right? There's a lot of lower end talent um, that we both like that we can fill out our lineups and feel pretty confident about, and don't have to pay up for these big guys. Um, like OBJ and AB, so we can afford guys that we do like in the running back category. There are options out there this week, for sure. Plenty of options. Um, Moving on to tight end. Yes. Somebody that I have in my cash game lineups, and it's because of his potential to return value, that would be Ryan Griffin with the Houston Texans. Fedorowicz is out. Right. So now we've got a minimum-priced tight end who's been thrust into the starting tight end role. Seems like a good spot, right? I mean, it, it, got a touchdown, it's, yeah. it's another piece that allows me to fill out my lineup with Johnson and Bell. And then I've got Ryan Griffin there. And I can still pay for a guy like Hilton, who's not really expensive, but he's not exactly cheap either. No, true. Exactly. And I mean, yeah, it's the lowest price you can go. It's just save a little bit more money uh, in the overall goal. Another tight end. I, was, I mean, I talked about Hunter Henry being, you know, very touchdown dependent. Um, and he's probably still, he's definitely up there on my list. Another guy I kind of like, though, just searching since Wednesday, uh, another, you know, bottom-of-the-barrel tight end uh, to pair with Carson Palmer, and that's Jermaine Gresham out in Arizona. Uh, He is questionable there with the injury. I think he's got an ankle or a toe, so he's definitely dealing with a little bit. But, I mean, when he has played the past few weeks, he's getting four or five catches, he's getting a touchdown, and that's really all I need at 4500 bucks. Uh, with an offense playing New Orleans, it seems pretty good. Um, and I, I'm kind of looking forward to that matchup if Gresham is good to go there on Sunday. So Gresham, another cheaper guy um, who's getting starting role, and he's probably a high number two and a low-end number one, and that's really all I need at that point. Yeah, I mean, for minimum price, you can't expect a lot out of these guys. But if we're talking, like, if you want two, two and a half times value for your cash games, that's not difficult for these guys to pull off at minimum price. That's a... A couple catches and maybe a score, right? So, um, yeah, if you're talking 4,500 bucks for a minimum price tight end, nine points is double value. Love that. Um, And that's definitely a lot easier for them to achieve that than, you know, David Johnson, who double value, you're looking at almost 20 points. Uh, Yeah. I mean, he's been 30 ish over the the past few weeks, other than last week, of course. But 
Um, Eifert's at the very top this week. He had two touchdowns last week. Um, deserve, deser- excuse me, deservably so. Uh, so, oh man, I can't even talk. This is so bad. Deservably so. He is a touchdown monster for Cincinnati with A.J. Green out. Um, do you think that continues against Pittsburgh? I mean, Pittsburgh's past defense we've talked about in previous weeks not being the greatest in the league. Yeah, Andy Dalton just concerns me. He's so inconsistent, and he made he made Cleveland look bad last week, but Cleveland also makes Cleveland look bad. So right. I, I that's the one thing is I don't know if I can trust Andy Dalton to get Eifert the balls that he needs to return value being the highest priced tight end. Um you know, there's Travis Kelsey there, who's been the probably the most consistent tight end of the entire season. We've talked about it a hundred times ad nauseum. Um, you know, he's not even the the highest price guy on FanDuel. I I'm looking to him quite a bit because he's right. just been so consistent. He's such a focal point in that offense. And I think you know, with the emergence of Tyreek Hill, guys are just trying to make sure that they keep Hill in front of them, that they're losing sight of the other guys out there, like Travis Kelsey, who's just shows up and plays a consistent game every week and sometimes throws a towel at the referee. Sometimes. Sometimes. I mean, that was a long time ago. Let it go. He got kicked out. He served his time, and now he's good to go. And he's been fantastic since he has thrown that flag. So maybe it was a, it was a rallying point. Get the rally towels out and not throw it at anybody this time around. But <laughs> um, Delaney Walker. I like Delaney Walker there at that price at 6100 instead of paying up for the big boys. Um, he's 900 bucks cheaper than the top guy. I like him against KC, potentially. Uh, people are really high on Zach Ertz after his great week last week, going up against Baltimore. Uh, I'm not so sure I would probably pay that for Ertz. Yeah, I'm not excited about Zach Ertz. You know what I was just looking up, though, is Charles Clay of Buffalo. We talked about Cleveland being just atrocious. He's 4,500. He's bottom of the barrel, too, this week, yep. Charles Clay. Dealing with a knee injury, he's questionable to play as well on Sunday. But if he does play, he had three catches for 50 yards and a touchdown last week against uh, Pittsburgh. That was the Lev Bell game. And, um, you know, potentially he could get some more work. And everybody on that Buffalo offense, um, you know, not everybody, I would say. But Sammy Watkins, we didn't talk about him in the wide receiver category. He's probably, uh, you know, a high GPP play, potentially, maybe a cash. He's been nicely consistent the last couple weeks that he's been back. Uh, Nothing to write home about, but he's put up points every week. And and he's just kind of gone out and done his thing. And he hasn't really disappointed anybody he's not exactly winning you a tournament but he he'll definitely be a solid piece for your lineup I think and he's got a juicy matchup like you said so yeah I mean I think for us we're probably looking at the cheaper options but if you if you go high end you probably can't go wrong with Kelsey the way he's been performing the you know these past month I'd say uh being one of the top guys in KC getting 100 yards even without a touchdown he's getting to value and that's really hard to find in the tight end game this year so uh, kicker wise, I mean, we don't, you don't, don't usually talk about kicker, but Justin Tucker's been absolutely incredible. He hasn't, let's say, he hasn't missed a kick this year. He got one blocked, and that was a credible, you know, leap over the line there that you're not going to stop. So he's up there, obviously. Matt Bryan in the dome, uh, Dan Bailey in the dome, Janikowski in San Diego. So good weather. Goskowski in Denver. Um, could high be, altitude. High altitude, so that's why the big kicks could be uh, beneficial there for Goskowski, especially if that Denver defense kind of limits the uh, the Patriots' passing game. They might be kicking more, but might not be a bad choice for you. Uh, Will Lutz there against Arizona. 
Adam Vinatieri in the dome. I guess is it a dome? It's a dome stadium there in Minnesota. The brand new yep, one. Yep, the brand new one. They nice. can open the sides, but I don't think they will at this point Not in the, Minnesota. Is it the top? Like, isn't it um, glass? Right? It's like kind of yeah, like a sky. I roof? believe they can open the the sides on either end zone. So it's not the roof, but it's like, I believe there's these like giant the windows that something. can like open up on the side of either, uh, either end of the stadium. But I don't think they'll be doing that in Minnesota in the middle of December. So no, we look, remember the, uh, was, that was the ice game last January with C- Seattle there yeah. in the playoffs. That was so cold. And that was in the old stadium. That yeah. was, that was the, uh, the university stadium. So brand new there in Minnesota. Um, Speaking I, of Minnesota, what? I like Kai Forbath as my minimum price you kicker this week. You are loving your Kai. I know. In your season long, too. I, I picked him up in my season long as my kicker stream for this week. I've got him in some of my fantasy lineups on FanDuel. Um, yeah, for a minimum price guy who has put up decent points the last few weeks, he's been kicking well. He's in the dome. I like anybody in a dome this week um, or any week for that matter. Yeah, Kai Forbath, minimum price kicker. And Indianapolis, so why not, right? Uh, might be a kicking duel with him and Vinatieri. That's exactly. actually not a, it's not a terrible choice. I, um, it could turn out to be great. Again, if we're looking for two times value, I need three field goals out of him. And he's projected, even on here, as 9.8 points, which, looking at the guy above him in Robbie Gold, he's 3.7. So if you're just looking at numbers and statistics, maybe Kai might be your dude there. So um, kicker-wise, I mean, we talked about defense as well. Uh, the Bills are definitely going to be highly owned, as you know, as deserved. Houston Texans, I really like this week. I I've paid up for them in most of my lineups. You like the lower end. Who do you like? You like the middle guy. Who I like a lot of defenses this week. Oh, that's and right. I was you like talking eight. about you it. Eight. Yeah. Um, I like the Texans, like you just said. Um, I like I the like, Patriots. I like the Patriots. Okay. Um, I like the Ravens. The yeah, Green uh, Bay. Not huge on Green Bay. Okay. Um, I'm. I really like the Giants for a GPP play. Minnesota's cheap against Indianapolis. Yeah, that one concerns me a little bit. I oh, mean, really? it is nice as a as a GPP play, I think. Okay. But Indianapolis can also put up points really fast on you. That said, Indianapolis does give up the second most sacks in the league, and Minnesota has got the most sacks or the second most. So you basically got one of the best defenses in terms of sacks going up against one of the worst offenses in terms of sacks. Minnesota could return a lot of value just in the number of times they put down Andrew Luck tomorrow. True, exactly. And I mean, that's that's an interesting one. Uh, Charger, we've, we've talked about them getting turnovers, but giving up, you know, lots of yards um, throughout the game. So they get in their turnovers potentially against Derek Carr in the offense there in Oakland. So that's a, another option for you. Um, just looking down, Arizona facing New Orleans. That's kind of you know dicey. That's why they're kind of lower, uh, lower price this week. Um, no, not not anything else that really catches my eye per se. Um, I think there's a lot of good options at all price levels. If you want to pay up, there's some good options at the top. If you want to pay down, you know, a couple of hundred dollars, there's some good options there as well. Uh, I think no matter where you go, there you're gonna find a defense that's at least serviceable. I think Atlanta's defense is definitely being overblown this week, especially since they kind of, I mean, they put up 27 on ESPN in our fantasy league. I'm not sure what they were on FanDuel. I haven't seen that number, but they were outstanding with all the special teams stuff they did in two touchdowns. But they're kind of overinflated this week. I mean, also facing San Francisco, who's not a good offense, but they're third highest, and their, their defense, we've talked about in previous weeks, is not good. 
They no. had they had an amazing week, and I don't think that's going to continue. So they're definitely not on my radar, especially at that price. Their defensive line is one of the worst rated lines in the league. Um, that's according to Pro Football Focus. They they get torn apart, and as soon as a running back, especially one as good as Carlos Hyde, can find a hole, he's gone. Um, and he actually did loop around to running backs again. I don't think we talked about him, but he might be a nice uh, GPP play this week, okay. Carlos Hyde against that Atlanta defense. But you're right. I think they're a little overinflated. You know, if you're putting in a lot of lineups and, and you're the kind of person who plays a whole bunch of lineups and wants some nice variation throughout your lineups, you might want to have them in one or two lineups maybe. But if you're if you're a single entry player and, and or a cash game player, I don't think Atlanta's the best way to go. No, they're definitely off my radar this week. So, um, but that hey, everybody, everybody has their opinion. I didn't think of them last week, and look what they did. So, um, that's definitely, excuse me, definitely remains to be seen. So that's our look at uh, week fifteen. I mean, we didn't touch on the Miami New York Jets game. We like the Miami defense. If you are doing a Saturday slate, yeah, uh, maybe a Jai in terms of a of a play. But um, not not really. Definitely nobody on the Jets side of the ball, I'd say. Not that Jets defense either. No. Um, so definitely maybe one of those two you can uh, put in if you're in a Saturday slate, if that tickles your fancy. So uh, week 15 is coming up quick. We're heading into we're heading into playoff time. The playoff seeding is getting close. Um, you know, we're looking at teams that are kind of what are they? They're, they're there's a couple teams that are are they under 500 but yet in the playoffs. There's a couple divisions where it's like really you know you don't have to be 10 and 2 or 10 and 3 like Oakland is um to be in the playoffs at this point. Yeah, there's a few there's weaker seven divisions. Teams, seven win teams right now. I mean, Seattle's had their fair share of losses and they just clinched. So Right, well, exactly that's so, that. I mean, it's all about your division and I mean, that's the way it's set up. You got to play who's in your division. So, uh playoffs are coming up. We're excited about that. Um, and I mean, we mentioned this on Wednesday, it's our final week, final Thursday game of the season. And that's going to be at Boston pizza here in medicine hat on Dunmore road. It's our final week and we're giving away the grand prize. We're giving it away the Bud Light reclining uh, chair. It's a reclining chair. And we're looking forward to, uh, to having some people out next Thursday. And we got flames tickets. And we got flames tickets. We've been told. So that's exactly right. Um, especially in Southern Alberta, go, go, uh, watch the flames play. They've been really good. The past little bit that kind of transitioned into our hockey talk, or sorry, I shouldn't say that. There's one more point I want to mention for NFL, and it was a point I mentioned to you as a Seahawks fan. Maybe you find this interesting. I was looking today, uh, and John Ryan, the punter for the Seahawks, uh, is in concussion protocol. He apparently he got hit uh, real bad in that Thursday night game. Uh, did you watch that play? I didn't. No, he like randomly fumbled it. He didn't get touched by anybody, so he okay. was bobbling the ball and running uh it was on a fake punt and he ended up getting smoked as he was trying to corral the ball so yeah you know you obviously don't like to see anybody get hurt but i mean the way he fumbled that ball was not very good i remember in a playoff game i think it was last year where he went for a punt and i don't know if he got took out at the legs but then he or he got tackled maybe it was another kind of a jumbled play and he got tackled and he went face first into the grass and had the big grass stain in the very top of the dome. And he was like, he was kind of shaken up there, but he was, he, he's a punter that gets hit a lot. It feels like, and I don't, I'm not sure why, but, uh, so he's in the concussion protocol as it currently stands. And Pete Carroll mentioned to the media, might've been today, might've been earlier this morning 
that Russell Wilson and Jermaine Curse have approached him uh, to you know, go in John Ryan's place and be the punter if he can't go in Week 16. Um, I think you definitely put Jermaine Curse in there over Russell Wilson uh, if you had that choice. But what, what do you think about that as a Seahawks fan, putting kind of your valuable offensive guys in to punt the ball? You're saying your kicker, you're saying Hauschka couldn't punt a ball? Yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, he, there's the other thing is like do you want to have Hauschka potentially get injured punting and then you've got nobody that can kick uh and field goals are really important especially if you're the Seahawks and you you kind of play that defensive game and rely on low scoring games uh last week notwithstanding. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously Real, Wilson is an obvious choice because you know, he he takes a lot of snaps, and so he'd probably be the best at handling the snap back there. Um, Curse, I, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he used to punt or, or something. I'm not really sure. I mean, I guess the other option is if they get down into the other end of the field on and it's a fourth down... Maybe you kind of you go for it, and you, you have just to keep going for trust it. your defense. If if you miss it, you have to trust your defense to to make a stop. But I want to quickly look up Seattle's opponent. Do you know off by hand who they're playing next week? Um, I don't think they've mentioned it on the broadcast there on Thursday. They are playing Arizona. Okay, is it in Arizona? It's in Seattle. It's in Seattle, so it's another another chilly uh, afternoon slash evening there in Seattle. So. Um, interesting storyline though and it's it's funny I mean your leaders are stepping up which is good to see for any team but I mean I don't I don't think you're putting your quarterback you can maybe afford a, a wide receiver you know with the way Tyler Lockett was playing he looked really good this past Thursday uh, maybe he can step up <laughs> hopefully you know knock on wood that curse does not get hurt I would put curse in over Wilson if that was the case though but I think if you if you had to bite the bullet and make a choice, I would agree with that. <laughs> it's just they fun. can also sign me if they want well, to a one-day contract. Thing, you talked about that. They don't carry an extra punter on the practice roster, but then I'm like, hey, I don't think they have enough. I don't think you can have you know a full roster down in your practice. Like, I think you have nine or ten guys. Like It's not a huge... But there's got to be somebody they can sign to a one-day contract, like some right. retired punter who can come and play one game. Like, Is Shane Leckler still in the league? I have no idea. That's not, I mean, he was the best in Madden 2005 uh, on PS2. He was him and Janikowski. That Oakland special teams was just 99 overall. Like they were, they were unbelievable. Leckler actually, I think Leckler's still with uh, Houston, Houston Texans. I want to say, could be. I'm Do not some, a big fan of punters. <laughs> well, we shouldn't be. They don't. <laughs> I mean, they they're making more money than us, but I mean, they uh, they might get hit more often. So I, like I'm. I'll the funniest story I have regarding punters is like I'm obviously a Seahawks fan and I know John Ryan like I know the name but he's he's from Saskatchewan right next door to us here and uh I was out golfing with somebody and I was wearing my Seahawks hat and he's like oh you're probably not a real Seahawks fan I was like no I definitely cheered for them back when Hasselbeck was throwing the ball you know I I didn't just jump on the bandwagon after they won the Super Bowl uh and this this guy didn't believe me anyway he starts talking about his sister-in-law's husband and how he works in the same industry as we do and then just randomly says, so do you know John Ryan? And I was like, no. Because I thought he was talking about somebody like in the broadcast industry and John Ryan is also like the most generic name ever. Right. It's not like we're, it's not like we're talking about, you know, 
Do you know Antonio Brown? Like, no, we're talking about John Ryan, just two pretty white guy names. The white name, yeah. Uh, and so I was like, no, I don't know. I don't know John Ryan. And he looks at me, he's like, you don't know the Seahawks punter? You're a fan. And I was like, well, I we had, we stopped talking about the Seahawks like 20 minutes ago. But this guy just wanted to catch me so bad on, you know, not being a Seahawks fan. And he tried to use John Ryan's name against me. And how long ago was this again? This was... Two years ago, I think. Okay, so this was pretty recently, though. Yeah, it was in Medicine Hat. I know that for sure. So it had to be within the last three years. Right. Um, okay, interesting punter talk. There yeah. you go. <laughs> That's my get, John Ryan story that has nothing to do with John Ryan, actually. Get your kicks in. So, yeah, it would be interesting to see if um, if he is able to come back. And if he's not, then uh, who they end up putting back there. Uh, I mean, we'll, now we'll transition to NHL. And I made the ultimate blunder this week. Um, I put in a $1, you know, 50-50 lineup uh, for NHL purposes on Thursday night while we were watching the game there at Boston Pizza, as I always do. And I hit the jackpot. I really did. Personally, this was a great lineup for me. I had 169 points. Um, You know, I had Henrik. I had Matthews. My goalie won. I had some defensive scores. Cheap play in Brodeen got a goal there for the Minnesota Wild. And... All of that, great lineup, and I only put it in one time uh, and won 80 cents. So that's all I won out of a dollar. So it just kind of, you have to, if you feel real confident, which I didn't, I guess. I I, I, I don't should, care if you feel confident or not. If you put a GPP it. lineup in, put it, or if you put a cash lineup in, put it in a GPP. Just do it. because you've been, Yeah, you've been harping on that for me. Yeah. Because you're going to. Every now and then, you're going to have a cash lineup that does very, very well. I had it last week in my football. My best scoring lineup was my cash lineup. I put it into one GPP, and I won like four or five bucks off a $1 GPP entry. That I mean, not that that's really, really great, but also that's better than nothing. And who knows? What if that had scored an extra 15 points? You know, what if that had scored an extra 20 points? Then we're talking about, you know, $30, $40. Right. You know, what if that... You never know, right? And you all last week was kind of a low-scoring week for um, fantasy football on FanDuel. I mean, yep. lots of the winning lineups are under 200 points, which you don't always see. You know, 180 is kind of like... That's the, gold, yeah. That's like the lower end of the winning lineups. Okay. And that's kind of where they were last week. I mean, your cash lineup could have put up 180 points. And if you didn't have it in, you might have missed out on the Sunday million or whatever, right? Wow. I mean... So I'm you not gotta, paying 25 buck entry fee on that. No, right? But you, oh. you got to consider, like, if, if you're going to set a cash lineup, throw it in a GPP because you never know what could happen. And if you did set a good cash lineup, your GPP will probably at least get to cash and maybe you double up there as well. Exactly. So if you're paying a dollar for a 50-50 play, put in another dollar for a tournament and see where that takes you. I agree. I should have done that because that was probably my all-time best uh, hockey lineup, and I was really proud of that, and I won 80 cents. So <laughs> <laughs> good old good old Colby. I, so exactly, I kind of lost money because I also put in a dollar for the NBA that night, and I did not uh, cash on that. I was just out of the money on that. So I put two bucks in, and I only won. Oh, sorry, I guess I, you win a buck 80, not two bucks. Yeah, you win a buck 80. Right? You That's, profited 80 cents. I guess, whatever. Profit of 80 cents. Don't spend it all in one place now. I keep losing money with football and crap. So that's why I'm not really playing a whole bunch. Is like, huh, I'm not, I don't feel confident in myself. I got to get that winning streak back. But 
See, I've done really good on football the last few weeks, and I started so good on basketball, and I've just stopped playing basketball. Right. You were Because I was doing so bad, and I was just like, you know what? I don't want to blow all my football winnings because I'm trying to build my bankroll, and that's not very smart to be, you know, building your bankroll on Sundays and then losing it throughout the week on basketball and hockey. So I, I actually did not play any, I played one basketball lineup this week. It didn't turn out well, so I didn't play the rest of the week. And I held on to most of my football winnings. I'm quite proud of that. Well, that's good. And you can continue that here to the end of the season, hopefully. Um, if you are building some more uh, NHL lineups, I think two teams you got to focus on uh, is the Philadelphia Flyers and the Columbus Blue Jackets. Who would have thought? Um, that these guys would be both in playoff positions. The Flyers have won 10 straight, and the Blue Jackets have won 8 straight. They beat up on our Flames last, was that last night with Bobrovsky? Yeah. Seventh straight win there for Bobrovsky. He's been fantastic this year, coming back off of a really down year. Uh, And Steve Mason, you know, filling in for Michael Neuwirth, um, he's showing flashes of what he was in Columbus (laughs) way back when. when he He was that prime rookie. He was great in the world juniors there i think it was like 2005 2006 uh, way back when and he was um or maybe not that's too old maybe 2009 steve mason world juniors and he was he's been excellent there for the flyers that offense is rolling uh, i know personally in my season long i've got uh Jakub voracek who has definitely come back to uh potential mvp candidate but if you got claude Giroux, you've got Braden shen i know michael delzato there on defense has been you know pretty decent there for them. They're really clicking and they're they're kind of bailing out their they're bailing out their goaltender in high scoring games. So it's really nice to see there for the Flyers. What do you like about the Flyers? I I have Wade Simmons on my lineup and okay, I that's right, Wayne really Simmons. really like Wayne Simmons right now. Um, especially if your league counts penalty minutes and stuff because he kind of he he'll get penalty minutes. He scores goals. He gets assists. He's playing with the top guys. Um, I I think if if you've got him on your lineup, you're probably really happy. Um, and if you're playing Fanduel, he's always got to be a consideration. I think, if, especially if you're looking at like stacking the Philadelphia offense, you know he won't be the most highly priced guy in that offense, but he does give you some connection to those highly priced guys. Exactly. I mean, another guy I just think off the top of my head is Travis Travis Konechny, uh rookie. There, he's I think he's second or third line. He had a nice hot start to the year, but I feel like he's He's been very consistent for them. And, I mean, that whole offense is definitely rolling um, and, and providing some timely offense when they really need it to get 10 straight wins. It doesn't happen by a fluke. This is, you know, hardworking guys, and they're they're right up there in the Eastern Conference. And same with the Blue Jackets. They're third overall in the conference. Uh, and that's a team that, you know, didn't – was that last week there was an article about them being the, you know, the highest projected – team to win the Stanley Cup this year off of some website. Yeah, what was it? Was uh, it a fake website or was it real? Was it Forbes or was it No, it was Was it pretty real? It was some NHL It was a pretty legit website, but they they try and predict things with they percentages and stuff like that. So, um, you know, take it for what it's worth. It's not exactly all the experts coming together to vote on who they think is going to win. They're basically trying to predict using advanced stats and stuff like that. But yeah, they had Columbus as their favorite to win the cup as of last week. I mean, when you got a goaltender like Bobrovsky, that's going to definitely help you. He's won a Vesna already, um, and, and he's definitely showing he's back up to that potential uh, once again this year. Um, I've got Cam Atkinson in one of my leagues. I'm really liking him. He's been one of their main consistent scorers. Alex Wanberg, um, a center for them. Or is it Wanberg? Wenberg. Wenberg. Does it, what's, sorry? Wenberg. Wenberg, okay. 
Sorry, I'm not good on. I think he's Swedish. Yeah, he's Swedish. So there's some uh, some enunciation there for you. He's um, a, a high price center that I think the Blue Jackets felt very high on, and they, that's allowed them to uh, trade Ryan Johansson to Nashville in that trade last year because they were so high on this guy. And so far this year, he's definitely been paying off on that top line. Nick Foligno um, has been very consistent. He's not the 30-goal guy that he was a couple years ago, but he's providing you know nice offense. They got Boone Jenner. Um, you know, good quality, you know, young depth as well, and that's going to hopefully carry them um, you know, the rest of this year. And their defense, I mean, they got Seth Jones uh, in that Johansson trade. He's one of the big guys. I think they still got Jack Johnson. Yeah, um, the only thing that concerns me about Columbus, and if we're going to compare Columbus and Philly, the two hot teams right now, yeah. is I feel like Philly is built more to sustain what they're doing. They got name guys. They got guys, Real that, name guys. They, like household names. They've done it year after year. Now they're all kind of doing it all at once. I mean, sometimes you've had some guys have a good season, then a down season. But And then you've got Columbus, who's got some guys who have done things in the past. They've had some slow seasons. They've been kind of moved around the NHL. Columbus seems like a mishmash of guys, and they got some really good young players. But as we've seen with young players, I mean, they can start hot. They can, they can lose it for a bit. They can pick it back up. I mean, that's just part of developing in the NHL. Right. Happens to a lot of players. I mean, it happened to McDavid earlier this season. He had a, he had a bit of a goal drought, and, and Matthews is kind of going through that. And, and uh, Johnny Gaudreau had that to start this season, another young guy. So that concerns me about Columbus if we're going to compare them to Philly. I feel like Philly can sustain this throughout the rest of the season. Columbus is, you know, it's nice to watch, and and I'm interested to see how long it continues. And uh, I'm always cheering for Torts, even though he beat the Flames in the finals. and and uh, In 04? Yeah, and he uh, he played for Vancouver. He didn't. Let's say Ruslan Fedotenko <clears throat> won. Okay. And Nikolai Habibulin. Yeah. Man, and I the remember Raps. that game like it was yesterday, that 3-1 game. Craig Conroy scored for the Flames. And, and uh, Ruslan Fedotenko. But so I'm just not, I'm not really sure how long they can sustain it and, and if any of these guys are going to hit a speed bump. Maybe they don't. Who knows? But I just feel like on paper, comparing the two, Philly feels like they can keep it going longer than Columbus can. Philly has all-star players, whereas Columbus, I'd say, maybe has one, and that's Bobrovsky. I don't think any of their forwards um, are what you consider all-star players. I mean, maybe this year, if they've been so well and they're getting you know a point a game. But, I mean, you're right, name value-wise, it's all Philly with Voracek, with Giroux, with Simmons. Um, you know, Mason even has you know had spurts before. Uh, that's a good point, I think, Philly. And, I mean, they've, they were what? They, they were in a cup final there five years ago against yeah. Chicago. Was that about five, six years ago? They were in a cup final there. Um, and, I mean, t- the top guys have been there since that time. So they've got that winning pedigree as well. They've just kind of been down, and they're getting some some good young guys. So it's nice to see, and um, it's going to be good to see the rest of the year. So we're looking forward to that. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Any, NBA-wise, we'll transition now to NBA for a quick quick go around the league. The one couple topics I want to get to is the Philadelphia 76ers. They're going to lead us off, and they're – they're interesting because they I mean they've got a lot of young guys and they've got a lot of young big guys a lot of big centers and power forwards most notably Jaleel Okafor, uh, Nerlens Noel and Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid's coming back from injury and honestly he's looked really good. People are comparing him to the next Hakeem Olajuwon, which is a definitely a big statement. 
uh, especially this early in his career. But he has proved productive. Uh, Noel is definitely known for more of his defensive game, whereas Embiid's definitely showing he's more of an offensive guy. Angelo, or sorry, Angelil Okafor is definitely an offensive guy. He's not doesn't have the size. He's probably more of a power forward, which makes sense. So right now they have kind of two centers, and they've got a power forward, just for backstory. Uh, today it came out that Noel said to the media, I'm too good to play eight minutes a night. And currently what they've been doing is they've been going you know, back and forth between Embiid and Noel at center uh, because they're both coming back from injuries and they're trying to limit their minutes and it's starting to seem like maybe they're getting healthier and they all want to play. And it's just you can't play them all at one time. So everyone's getting frustrated. Embiid has definitely uh, voiced his displeasure as well. So what I ask of you, Dex, I know you've used Embiid a couple times in fantasy and we've tweeted about him a couple times. I don't know how much you know on Noel, other than what I've just told you right now. But I think for the 76ers, or not what I think, but what, you sh- what, what do you think on their future of their big guys? And, and who has to kind of move out um, you know, to, to keep some sanity there in, in Philadelphia among the big guys? Well, I mean, Embiid's played really, really well all season. They're so I good. think they've got to look, I mean, and they're not a very good team. They're not, they don't have a lot of, you know, depth. They they tend to get blown out quite a bit. So I think, you know, if they've got a pos- position of strength, they need to be looking to make a trade. Right. Um, if we're talking about Embiid being, you know, the next big name at that position, then, you know, I guess that means Noel is on the trade block. And if he if he is as good as he believes he is, and, you know, uh, he started the season very well when Embiid was out. Right. Um, you know, maybe somebody's looking for, for a guy just like him and is gonna has the pieces that Philly needs. But again, now, and this is with any sport, we're looking at a team with a position of strength. Now you have to not just find teams to trade with, but teams that need what you're selling and have what you need. Right. So now you've limited it down. I mean, who who realistically could use um, Noel on their team and has something that, that Philly w- would probably insert, let's say, into their starting lineup or be coming off the bench to play 15 minutes a night? Well, there's talk, and I mean, it just got announced as well, but um, Birdman Anderson out in Cleveland... Uh, he's a center out there. He's had season-ending surgery. So now Cleveland's looking for a backup center to go with Tristan Thompson and, and uh, Kevin Love, I guess, in terms of big men. So there has been talk that maybe Cleveland um, gives them a call. I'm not sure what, um, you're right, what Philly would want for Noel. And, I mean, personally, I think I think uh, Embiid is the bigger trade piece. Like, he's got more value. I don't know what you're going to get for Noel and what, you know, what Philly reasonably expects to get out of Noel uh, in terms of the trade market. So, I mean, you've pro- you got to look at the guards. You've got to look at maybe a small forward, perhaps. Um, you're not going to get LeBron, obviously. But, you know, maybe a J.R. Smith, if you just signed him to a contract or whatever. Uh, that's just one of the teams, though. Um, but they, I think there's a lot of teams out there that need some defensive. They need a rim protector. They need a, a defensive center, much like a, DeAndre, a lesser version of a DeAndre Jordan. And that's an interesting... Uh, interesting play here we'll we'll see out in the next few weeks uh and you know after christmas maybe if this keeps growing and there's more intensity and there's more backlash between those two and maybe the team in general uh maybe this trade happens sooner rather than later but they're both young guys with such high potential they were both drafted as top six picks um 
and I mean, you're right. It's a position of strength for them right now, but I think it's going to become more of a controversy uh, the longer it goes on. So keep an eye on that um, out there in Sixers land. The other final topic I want to get to quickly is just the resting of players. It's been kind of a big topic this week out in the sports world. Um, the Cavs had their big three on the back-to-back in Memphis, and there was uh, social media and all that good stuff about you know fans traveling from so far away and spending so much money um, just to be in attendance to for their one game a year or one game every five years uh, to you know to see the king himself and he wasn't playing he's in street clothes. Um, I guess the big question is I mean yes this the schedule itself is demanding and it's super intensive on these guys. These guys are you know they're athletes and they need time to rest much like you and I. Even though we go nine to five and we go home and and we get on the couch and you know maybe have some itchy band noodles or whatever. Um, we're, we're not the same type of people, but we need rest. They need rest. Um, and the season's kind of already long as it is, but I don't know how you, you curb that. And for fantasy purposes, I mean, you're always constantly looking at the waivers or not the waivers, but the, uh, you know, the reports and such. And it, it hurts your fantasy team, especially maybe in season long where, you know, you, you're stuck with this guy and you know you can't play him. You can't pick up anybody to replace his production. And it's, it's incredibly frustrating, but, I mean, it is the nature of the beast. I don't know what you do about that. Yeah, I mean, if you're a fan and you're complaining about your team resting players, uh, I think you just need to shut up. Well, this was an away game. So this was a guy in Memphis or, you know, multiple reports out of Memphis that yeah, but, they wanted to come see LeBron in Memphis. I don't give a shit. Well, but that's their hard-earned money, and, you know, you purchase But who tickets. cares? Because if you're a fan of the team, like, the Cavaliers you're, are they're playing. They're not. You're right. The Cavaliers are playing for... Um, the they're playing for the playoffs. They want to win another championship. They need to have their best players ready for the playoffs. So that means that sometimes they're going to be resting LeBron James and um, all the other big names so that they can be ready when playoff time rolls around. They can go to another finals and win themselves another championship. And that means some of these boring-ass games in one of the flyover states in the middle of December, LeBron James is not going to suit up. And if you're a fan and you don't like that, well, then that's tough luck because that's just how it works. Resting star players in the NBA is nothing new. It's not. No, Not a new phenomenon. It's just it happened to be probably arguably the biggest name in the sports world period, let alone NBA happened to be resting and some people decided to bitch about it on social media. But like this, this happens all the time. I mean, when I went to go watch the Toronto Blue Jays, the pitcher was on rest because he had pitched a couple days ago. So I didn't get to see so-and-so. Can you complain about that? No, because that's the way that pitching has always worked. That's just the way that it is. And, and these guys, they, like you said, they need rest. They're pushing for the playoffs. They want to win a championship. You know, maybe if we're talking the New Orleans Pelicans and you want to see Anthony Davis and they're not really playing for anything because they suck, then maybe you have an argument. But even then, do you want Anthony Davis to injure himself on a back-to-back because you wanted the fans to see him out there playing? Like, that should not be really a concern. I understand it's an entertainment product, but the biggest part of these sports teams and their entertainment value is winning and not just winning games on a night-to-night basis, but winning championships, winning playoff series, getting to the playoffs, that's where the biggest entertainment value comes in, and that's why they rest players. And I think people of, I mean, 
of older generations are looking at today's players and thinking they're soft, thinking that they can't handle um, what they went through. People played 80 games. People, people played all 82 uh, in a season. I think I've seen a stat where Carl Malone played at least 80 games in 15 of his 17 seasons. Uh, John Stockton, I think, missed maybe three or four games in his career. Like The, the, the durability and the longevity of those guys back in the day um, is what the, you know, the, the crowd is looking at and being like, hey, be like those guys. Why don't you play more? But the, athlete, the athleticism of today's game and the fast, it's so much faster, it's so much motion, um, the, there's so much better athletes than they were in, in yesteryears. And you can't compare that because um, if they were playing the, today's game back in those games, you'd need rest days and not playing four games in five nights. And the schedule's already eight, eight, nine months long in itself. Do you want to push it to 10 months, spread it out even more? Um, you, you're drawing out the product and you're drawing out that, that fan experience. So... Um, it's tough either way you look at it. It's just it's a different game and it's a different uh, experience. These players need rest, and I don't blame them. It's very frustrating. I get that. I mean, I went to a Miami Heat game um, back when uh, this was a couple years ago. Um, Le- LeBron was gone, but Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh were still there. I went, and Chris Bosh did not play that night. Um, I still got to see Dwayne Wade against the Wizards, and it was a great game. But, I mean, I didn't throw a fit because Chris Bosh didn't play. I don't know if it was the heart issues or whatever, but he didn't play. And, yeah, I didn't throw a fit about it. It sucked. I wanted to see Bosh play. Um, but, I mean, I didn't throw, you know, didn't cause a fuss or whatever. It's going to happen. You're exactly right. These guys are humans. They got, you know, things going on as well. And it's just a, it's an unfortunate circumstance for, you know, people like that who buy a ticket once every few years and they don't get to see their dude. So, um Interesting discussion there. I mean, we're, we've already run long, so I think uh, that'll wrap up the NBA talk and probably the talk on the podcast today. Um, ba- yeah, basketball, quickly, basketball lineup-wise. I threw in one lineup. Like I said, I did not get to cash. You threw in one this week as well? Yeah, at the beginning of the week. I can't even remember who I played. I think, yeah, it was like a Tuesday. I think you had like a Wall or... Yeah, I had Wall and DeRozan. DeRozan I know they did well, but... Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that'll wrap that up. things up for today. We'll get out of here and uh, enjoy the rest of our weekend. How's that sound? Yeah, got to go catch the Miami game tonight. That's right, yeah. six uh, 6.25 here Mountain Time. We'll rock out on NFL Network. Thanks so much for downloading and finding us today, keytothegame.com. As always, head to our website. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you download our fine podcasts. And as well, you will see our FanDuel offer, as always, on all of our articles uh, podcasts and the like, multi-sports, get your uh, beginner entries in there, five free entries, and uh, you can start earning this weekend. Earn some money. Don't take my advice, though, and only put in one lineup uh, if you have that ability. Put it in two, at least two, right? Yeah, if you're making a cash lineup, put it in a GPP. <laughs> That's lesson all. of the Lesson of the week. You're spending money on cash. Why not spend on GPP? And you could hit it way bigger. Uh, and earn five, ten bucks instead of uh, eighty cents. So, that's that's our little tidbit heading into the weekend. So, thank you so much for downloading us. We will join you again next week. I'm thinking though there might only be one show. This is kind of I was talking to Dex right now. Man, I don't Christmassy. Think I think there might only be one show next week. Uh, I know I got a busy weekend next weekend, 
and families in town. I know you got your family next weekend as well. I'm going out of town. You're going. You're going out of town. So uh, we'll join you probably on Wednesday. We'll give you the lowdown on Week 16 in the NFL. And then we'll take a little bit of a break there for the holiday season. So thanks so much for joining us. I'm Colby McKee. He is Dex Dunford, and he will take us away. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the game tonight. Enjoy the games tomorrow. I hope you make a whole truckload of money. Thanks for downloading this episode of Key to the Game. Subscribe now on your favorite podcast platform and visit keytothegame.com for past episodes and in-depth articles.